Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. I want to talk about condemnation and judgment of others. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because of what I heard and witnessed a few days ago at a local gym, a gym that the Lord has put my heart on to go to once a week to maintain my own physical health, especially from my background, being heavily in sport and from my health recovery. But at this gym, I met this guy who was 83, he runs it part-time, fit, elderly gentleman. And after talking with him for about an hour, he didn't really, obviously, in and out of training, because obviously I'm doing weights, he was doing some weights. But we're talking about bits and pieces, and as I'm preaching, you know, it just flows out of my mouth. And initially, he didn't want to hear it, you know, he, he, he kind of said he kind of read the Bible here and there. But... What really grabbed his attention, and certainly mine, was when he started to tell me about his ex-wife, I think it was his ex-wife, um, who he was married to, who he's still contact, in contact with now. She used to work for uh, a man who owned a paper shop, and this man was a Catholic. Now, what he's about to tell me, I was in shock, and really saddened. I just, I just felt like I wanted to cry, because what this Catholic has said to this woman was beyond me. I just couldn't believe it. Talk about literally Satan speaking through this Catholic and how the Catholic Church in a whole have done abominable things since Christ. I mean, they were formed around two, three hundred years after Christ by Emperor Constantine. And that whole situation was a joke. Hypocrisy, the lot. Complete joke. Bringing pagan rituals into Christianity to comfort people. It's a complete abomination. There's only one faith, one Lord, one God. Ephesians 4, 5. You're not to bring pagan idols and pagan traditions into that. Disgusting. So, the Catholic Church has a lot to answer for. And you, me, and everyone else do not answer to the Pope. He is not taking over Jesus Christ's position. You don't answer to him. It's all, they, they teach that the Pope is basically the head of the Church. He is ordained by God. He is special. He has overtaken Jesus. And you bow down to Mary, and Mary intercedes on your behalf to the Father, not Jesus. They say that... You bow to Jesus. No, not really, because deep inside, you bow to Mary and you answer to the Pope, right? Uh, by the way, Jesus was a Jew. He wasn't a Christian. Christian means followers of the way, followers of Christ, right? Jesus was a Jew. He wasn't Italian. He wasn't a Gentile. So tell me this. How can Emperor Constantine, who was, by the way, a Gentile, be the first Pope, right? And say that he's overridden by Jesus. Oh, it's just ridiculous. I don't want to talk about that now. Because it's just an abomination. And what I'm getting on, this is all part of what I'm about to talk about. This woman worked for this guy who's a Catholic shop owner. Told her that she's going to hell. So he said, this ex-husband said that this is what this Catholic said to her. That she's going to hell. She said, why? Um, because you are. And I'm going to heaven because I'm a Catholic. I tell you this. When I heard that, I said to him, is this Catholic still alive? And he said, no, he's dead. I said to him, right, I guarantee you this, if he didn't repent to Jesus, not the Pope, to Jesus, he is in hell. He's not in purgatory, he's in hell, being held, waiting his judgment. Game over. He's in serious, serious trouble. And there's no forgiveness once you're down there, pal, and in front of Jesus. You've got, you got your chance to repent in this flesh now. That's the choice you have. Repent or perish. That's what Jesus said throughout the New Testament. And in a minute, I'm going to read you a load of scripture. Right, to back up what I'm saying, and also to confirm and to warn you Christians out there, so-called 
Christians and Christians and non-believers. You judge and you'll be judged by the same measures you use. You, you condemn and you shall be condemned. It's as simple as that. You and me are not the judges on this earth. We are to support one another. We are to warn one another. James 5.20, if you see a brother in error or in trouble, you are to support that brother or sister by confronting them. If you, see them in, if you see them in sin, you say, what you're doing is wrong. This is what the Bible says. If they don't listen, you get a second. If you don't listen again, you get a third. Then you get the pastor and so on. You follow the procedures in James 5.20, what he says. Well, it talks about in James 5, the procedures of what needs to be done. And at the end, if they don't listen, off they go, right? They're lost. But only Jesus is the judge. And it's very clear what he says. Many of you won't listen to all of what Jesus says. You'll listen to re religious outfits like the Catholic Church or the Church of England or the Methodist or the Salvation Army. There's someone here in my building who's part of the Salvation Army. I've been convicting them, or rather, the Lord has been convicting them through me the last few months, right? They're not listening. What will happen to these people? They say, oh, we love you, Jesus. Well, no, you don't. What you love is you love doing it your way and then basically spitting on what Jesus says you must do. It's like basically, and I'm being straight now, it's like urinating on Jesus' blood. That's what you're doing. You do what he says you do, and if you do it, you'll get to heaven. James 5, sorry, John 3, 5, John 3 verses 5, Jesus said, you must be born again of water and spirit to enter the kingdom of God. This is a commandment. This is a condition that needs to be met. And if you don't meet it, you won't get to heaven. Finish. Can try and convince yourself otherwise. So, I want you to get your Bibles out. I hope you've got them with you. All right, and I'm going to read you the first bit of scripture from 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. So I'll give you a chance to put that. The Old Testament, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. Okay, so it says here, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see a man as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So it's only the Lord that judges. He's the only one that condemns. No one else. We are to support one another. We are to preach. The first thing as an evangelist I'm called to do is to pre preach the gospel of hope and salvation that you are redeemed through the blood of Jesus if you repent of your sins. If you decide that you want to change and you want to, be, you are sorry, you come to Jesus, you repent, you're forgiven, you, you mean that from your heart, then you're baptized in water, then the Spirit can enter you, and then, and so on and so forth. You're in the family, right? This is the things you need to understand. You only do what Jesus tells you to do. No one else. Proverbs 17, verse 15. Turn to Proverbs 17, verse 15. It says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous, both of them are like an abomination to the Lord. Right? We are not in a position to do anything. It's only Jesus who judges. He's done it all on the cross. Cross. We are not justified by works of the law. We're justified by faith in Jesus. That's Galatians 2, verses 15 to 21. You can read that later on. Galatians 2, verses 15 to 21. Right, again, 
This is part of what religious people are. Now, the Catholic Church is a massive religious organization. They've been religious from the beginning, and they basically took over what the Jews were doing, the Pharisees, before Jesus. Right? So I want you to turn to Matthew 23, verses 23 to 29. That's Matthew 23, verses 23 to 29. I'll read here. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weighter matter of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gant and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, Hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. So what he's saying is you focus on the inwards with the Lord spiritually, then you do the outside. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and uncleanness. Religious people again. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That is a massive big, massive big picture of the Catholic Church, and the Church of England, and the Methodist Church, and the Salvation Army, and so on. This is the picture of religion. This is what religious people do. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you are built because you build the tombs of the prophets and adore the monuments of the righteous, and say, If we lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in blood of the prophets. As you can see, it's all about religion. Religion, religion, religion. And people seem, when I preach, people straight away think, as someone I met last week said straight away, oh, you're religious. No, I'm not. When have I ever said to someone I'm religious? I'm not. I'm a, I'm a true disciple of Christ. Right? I'm on a pilgrimage with the Lord, seeking the Lord spiritually. Every one of you, you're, you answer to Jesus. You don't answer to a religious organization like a church building. I'm going to read you in a minute. Here, Acts 17, verse 24. I'm going to jump forward a little bit. Acts 17, verse 24. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by hands. Everything in the Bible is spiritual. Ephesians 6, the armor of God, is spiritual. We fight with spiritual weapons, not flesh and blood. It's not a flesh and blood battle. It's a spiritual battle. So how can you fight Satan and the demons with the authority of Jesus, Luke 10, 18, in you? How can you fight that spiritually if you're religious and you think everything is via your works and good efforts in the church building? Satan's literally at the front of your church sitting there going, do you know what? I own this lot. They're all mine. They're all deceived. The Calvinist church, by the way, which is broken away from the Catholic church hundreds of years ago, right? They're just like the Catholics. Religious. They believe in huge amounts of error through John Calvin, who is hugely deceived. Honestly, the stuff that he taught, I was just gobsmacked when I first heard it. Couldn't believe it. Absolute rubbish that you don't have a free will. Yes, you do. Right? 
Jesus taught the five, two, and one talent servant. What happened to number one? They believe you can't lose your salvation and go to hell. Really? So what happened to number one? Well, he departed and got cast away from Jesus. I wonder where he went. He went to hell. They use John 10, John 14 to back up. You can't lose salvation. God can't. You, no one can take you out of God, God's hand. Uh, well, no one can, but you can walk away and God can throw you out. And John 15 makes it very clear what can happen to you if you don't bear in Jesus. Walk with Jesus. So it says in Acts 17, 24, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in the temples made with hands. Okay, so if we move on to Matthew 7, verse 1 to 6, that's Matthew 7, verses 1 to 6. Judge not that you be, sorry, judge not that you be not judged. For what, with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. That Catholic who judged that poor woman, I felt sad. I just wanted to hug her and kiss her. I wanted to tell her that God loves her. That's what I do as an evangelist. I tell people that God loves you, that he created the heavens and the earth, and he wants you with him. At the beginning, Adam and Eve made a massive mistake, right? And throughout mankind, there's been wars, persecution, rape, murder, famine, you name it. People say to me, well, if God is so great, why does he let all the African children starve? Well, first of all, he doesn't. Because in the beginning, and like all the way through history, man has gone, not your will be done, my will be done. That's why once upon a time, Africa used to come over and evangelize to the UK. But now they're not doing it. They're getting back into their superstitions and their, uh, what you call their um, witchcraft, especially their witchcraft. Um, worshipping all sorts of spirits, um, especially Islam, poured all over there now, right? And this is why you find every country that's involved in pagan traditions, rituals, idols, especially Islam, are under some sort of judgment. And it's because these people reject the living God and his righteousness and turn to their own ways. That's why children in famine, that's why there's murder, rapes and wars and destruction, because of mankind. Don't blame God. He's not responsible for that. And you look at obedient Christian nations, which the UK was once an obedient Christian nation. It's certainly not anymore. It's done. Same with America. It's going to be judged, and I've mentioned this before. Every country that's obedient, not perfect, but obedient, the Bible says God will bless that nation, and we were once blessed. We are not to judge one another. We are to love one another. We are to care for one another. That's Jesus' second commandment in the book of Matthew. It's his second commandment. His first is to love me with all your heart, soul and might. So you put Jesus first, not the Pope, not your priest at your church. Jesus. Therefore, that reflects on how you treat people in society. That Catholic, if I had met him, I would have gone in there and said, right, here's my Bible. Show me where she's condemned. Show me now where she is condemned and she's going to hell. Right? She's not perfect and you are certainly not perfect. And I'll tell you this, if he had repented and meant it and God had convicted him and he listened, which God would have done, convicted him, and he listened and repented, he'd been forgiven. God has said to me in prayer, Steve, there are those in the Catholic Church, and God has said this to me, 
right, that do love me. And they do. And they love those people in the Church of England and the Salvation Army. But they're caught up with what they were caught and they've been born into it. They're weak. They can't they can't help it. The, the, Jesus says, For the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And that's in the book of Matthew. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. It's a conflict all the time in our minds. But if we give way to it and think become self righteous and prideful, we can we're in danger of hellfire. We can go to hell, which I'm about to read to you in a minute. Romans two thirteen for there is no partiality with God or no favourites, as everyone is treated equal. Everyone is equal in the body of Christ. If you are really a Christian, you are equal to everyone else. It doesn't matter if you're sixteen or you're sixty six, right? I've met people, one in particular, who's got forty years of experience, but he produces zero fruit. And I was with him for a period of time which the Lord has pulled me away now. And I thought, what's wrong with this guy? But the Lord was showing me a lot of things. His behaviour. Showing me why, you know, he's not blessed. Because of how he behaves. He behaves religious. He doesn't see it. Spiritually. Once upon a time I was told that he was, he was blessed with his ministry. But there's something that he did that has basically had all that taken off of him. I won't go into detail because that's for another time. We love one another. We don't judge one another. We don't condemn one another. That Catholic is in serious trouble. You can't even begin to understand what hell is like, which I'm going to read to you in a minute about Revelations 22. Sorry, 21. If I can get everyone to turn to Acts 17, verse 16. Now, this is something that I want to talk about. Um, that's what I talk about, which I'm talking about. What I want to focus on, it says here in Acts 17, verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens... His spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. There's a situation going on there and he was his spirit was aroused and angry. Well, when I heard this guy tell me that this Catholic said this to his ex-wife, my spirit was fuming, right? This is the evidence. If you're walking with Christ, this is what will happen to you. And you will want to defend that. You will want to pro preach and proclaim that gospel if you are called to evangelism, if you are called to it, Ephesians 4.11. If you're called to it, if you're called to being a pastor, if you're called to being a teacher, if you can't just be doing it. Turn to Luke 6, verse 37. Luke 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So he condemned her. Imagine how many other people he condemned. Well, then God will condemn you. He judged other people. God will judge you. If you don't forgive people, God will not forgive you. This is what Jesus says. If you don't forgive those who have sinned against you, the Father in heaven will not forgive you of your sins against him. It's simple as that. There are no conditions that you can bring to God. You submit on your knees and give everything to Jesus and allow him to work to you in the spirit, you will get to heaven. You think you are good enough, you're wrong. Mark 10, 18 says that no one is good, only God. Jesus said when he was asked that old oh, good teacher, and he said, no, no one is good, only God. You see, people say, well, then how can Jesus be God? You need to see it spiritually. In the beginning, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When In Genesis 2, when the Father said, let's make them in our image, who's he talking to? Ask yourself that question. Jesus, God was Jesus in the flesh. So God is 
sorry, God came down into Jesus in the flesh, but God is walking in the likeness of sinful flesh. When you see that spiritually, it's powerful. I don't want to go into detail right now because that's for another time. But we're talking about here about judgment and condemnation. And this is all tying into this situation we're talking about. If I can get all of you to turn to John 3, verse 16 to 17. That's John 3, verse 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So listen to what it says there, that whoever believes in him should not perish and have eternal life. You need to believe for the rest of your life. When you come to Jesus, you believe that he's God. You believe that he came down into flesh through Mary. You believe he walked as man did. You believe that the Bible is him in the Word, which is John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. You believe that he went to a cross for you. You believe that he died for you. You believe he was buried. You believe he rose from the dead three days later. You believe that he ascended to heaven after 40 days. You believe that he's sitting on the right-hand side of God, who is God. Jesus proclaims in John 2.19, John 8.58, that he is God. Right? You believe these things all of your life. You believe that you're forgiven. Galatians 2, verses 15 to 21. You are forgiven by the blood. You are redeemed through the blood. You believe, you believe, you believe for the rest of your life. Because if you stop believing, you can lose your salvation. You will lose everything. You need to keep focused on the Lord. So, carrying on. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Listen to this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Right? So that Catholic condemned her. Well, clearly doesn't know Jesus. All he knows is the rubbish that the Catholic Pope teaches. Because he's religious. So woe to you religious people. But that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. So, but he, so this woman, from what I was told by this chap, she was a Christian and she does believe in God, but because the Catholics say you cannot be a Christian unless you are a Catholic, I mean, that just makes me laugh. When I hear that, I just want to literally laugh. Where does it say that in the Holy Scriptures? Because their, their Bibles, their, their version of the Holy Scriptures in their church, I can't remember the name of it, they put that on par of the Bible and actually overrides the Bible. Oh, wow, honestly, what a what complete bunch of hypocrites. Absolutely lost beyond belief. But he, but, so it says here, sorry again, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. That's not the Catholic Church. They focus and emphasize the Pope, who's a man, who's sinful. Right? He, the Satan runs the Catholic Church. right? And unfortunately there are poor little lambs that are caught up in that, and that's why the Lord sends people like me in to bring them out, to teach the truth. If we turn to 2 Corinthians 5.10, that's 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, 
according to what he has done, whether good or bad, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord will persuade men. But we are all, we, sorry, but we are, are well known to God and also trust are well known to his consciences, to your consciences, sorry. When I'm reading that, what came to me in the spirit was, was Revelations 14 verse 9. Revelation 14 verse 9 says, those who take the mark of the beast and receive, sorry, those who receive the mark of the beast and worship his image will be tormented in front of the angels and the Lamb of God. Tormented for receiving the mark. For you people out there thinking you won't be tormented, think again, because you will. I want to make this clear. When it says here, it talks a lot about the men in here. Men, 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 men. Let's get something straight, ladies. You are including this as well. God loves the men and the women. You are equal in flesh, but you're not equal in authority. That's why when you read a lot of these instructions, it's focused on the men because Jesus is talking to the men. Leadership is for men. Evangelism is for men. Preaching, teaching is for men only. That's not a woman's role. Whether you like it or not, that's a fact. And if you're not obedient to that, you're going to give an account to Jesus. Like I say to a lot of people, I wouldn't want to be you on Judgment Day. Because you're not. that's not love. If you love Jesus, you'll do your role. That's the bottom line. That's the way I see it. It's black and white. If you love Jesus, you'll do what he's asked you to do. The 12 were all men. The 70 were all men. When Jesus had women around him, they were serving him, cleaning him, comforting him, clothing him, feeding him. They were not amongst the twelve when he was preaching or talking to them in private. All the seventy, I can guarantee it. To finish up, I want to talk on Revelations 21, verse 7 to 8. That's Revelations 21, verse 7 and 8. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual moral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. Basically, at the end, when you're thrown into a lake of fire, you're cut off eternally from the Father. That's basically the second death. There's no hope for you. Once you're in there, you're in there. You're burning forever. Just try and picture that in your head. Someone burning, which is horrific, right? And you never stop burning. You never stop screaming. This is what happens to liars. Liars are children of Satan. If you are a per uh, saying, if you are a person who says you're a Christian and you're living in sin, and all these things are um, um, spoke of, the two ones, the two that I hate the most are the cowardly. There's tons of cowards everywhere. I hate them, and so does Jesus. Right? Cowards and liars. I hate it. It's just it's disgusting. You are the lowest of the low. And if you call yourself a Christian and you're living in that, you're going to go to hell. Christian or not believer, it doesn't matter. It's wickedness. Any believer who's actually following Christ, you will not do these things. And if you're tempted by the enemy, and by the way, I'm tempted a lot. If you're tempted by the enemy, you have a choice of a free will. Will you do it or not? God takes you to the, or to the edge of what, what, with what you can withstand. Do you do it or not? See, and some of us are going to fall. I do, I fall. And then you turn around and go, Father, I'm sorry. Because Jesus says the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. You turn to Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. All right, I forgive you. Move on. He knows who really are his. So I want to emphasize the importance and make this very clear to you. That we're not here on this earth as Christians to condemn one another. 
We're not to judge one another. We are to, for example, if I see a brother in error or sister in error, I'll challenge them. I'll observe them and say, look, this is what you're doing. This is what the scripture says. You can't do it. They say, well, don't judge me. I say, I'm not. God is judging you. And Jesus has every right to judge you. He's done it all. God has every right to get you right with him to get into heaven. Because I guarantee you this, heaven will not be like earth. There'll be no lying, no blasphemy, no cursing, no fornication, adultery, no two-facedness, no cowardly, no nothing. It'll be perfect. It's going to be amazing. You can't begin to imagine how it was in the beginning before the sin came upon Adam and Eve, before death came in. Death is a blessing, actually. I'm glad I'm dying because I wouldn't want to be stuck in this world and this body for thousands and millions of years, forever. Oh, it's horrible. You know, it's a blessing. And we are, like I said, we're not to judge or condemn one another. We're to support and love. I feel sorry for that. I feel really sad for that Catholic man. He was lost. And I feel sorry for millions who are lost in the Catholic faith, the Methodist faith, the Church of England, whatever church you belong to, if it's religious, I feel sorry for you because you don't have what I've got. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't need to go to a church building and worship. I worship with a brother once a week and I worship on my own with the Lord. That is what you need to understand. We are not to condemn. We are to love. If, if and I will quote this, if you've done these things and you repent on your knees, I quote on your knees, and you mean it from your heart, God will forgive you. Right? But if you don't ask for forgiveness and you think you're just getting in like the Calvinists do and the Catholics, you're going to go to hell. And then you'll go in the lake of fire. Make it, make no mistake. Like I read to you earlier on, God doesn't have any favourites. He treats everyone equal. You do a good job, you do your best, and God will welcome you and say, welcome, a true and faithful servant, come on in. Because he, he knows that we're, we're, he knows we're weak. He knows that we make mistakes. But it's the ones who are genuine in genuine repentance that are going to get in. I really pray that all of you listen to what the word says. Listen to what Jesus says. Many of you don't listen to what Jesus says because he's too direct, tough. Do what he tells you to do or you will go to hell and then the lake of fire. That's it. You do what Jesus tells you to do. You're to love one another. And if you are, if your heart doesn't pour out in sadness when you hear things like that, what I heard with that woman, I just want to put my arms around her and kiss her and tell her that God loves her. That she is not condemned. But then I, if he was standing there, I'll turn around and say, listen, you, you're condemned if you don't repent. Because that's wickedness, what you said. You've done the devil's work for him. You've allowed him to condemn this woman and put her back in chains when she doesn't need to be in chains. And even if she was not a believer, say that she was not a believer, which I don't, I don't recall him saying that she was, the husband. But it doesn't matter. The person's lost in the world. They're already condemned. You don't condemn them more. We're talking absolute rubbish. You have to be a Catholic to be a Christian. No, you do not. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father, that you send me into that Catholic faith to rebuke them openly, to pull the gospel out, to rebuke them, Father, to bring people to you, Lord, the truth, the truth that Jesus is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. John 3.16. Sorry, no, John 14.6. John 14.6. And in John 6, 4, 4, Jesus said, No one comes to me unless the Father has sent them. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, Lord, people out there, that they seek you, Lord, 
with all their heart, that they love one another. They're not to condemn one another. I pray in Jesus' name, whoever listens to this is convicted. They get on their knees and repent to you, Jesus, not the Pope, not to Mary, not to a priest in a church. That the priest's job or a pastor's job is to lead the flock in love, not condemnation. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for a blessing over this message that people listen to this and seek you first, Jesus. That you are the only way. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. God bless you all. Love you all dearly. Bye-bye.